The Lamudi webinar series is a series of online discussions with industry experts who share their insights and tips on how to retain your business despite the current challenges. Hello and welcome again to another episode of our ongoing series, Surviving Broker Business in the Time of COVID-19. This is the series where we are joined by top experts and professionals in the real estate industry to discuss how real estate professionals, property seekers, and investors can move forward while we deal with the health crisis. And of course, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask our panel, please ask them on the comment section and we will try to get these answers to you as soon as possible. We will also be asking the same questions that you have on the next episode of Surviving Broker Business in the Time of COVID-19. Today, I am joined by REMAX Country Manager Kenneth Stern and Managing Director of KMC Savills Inc., Michael McCullough. Kenneth and Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us your insights during this current situation. And as we have done in the past two episodes, we have, we have a set of questions for brokerage businesses, a set of questions for property seekers, investors, and we're including all the questions uh, we received online from the past episodes as well. So let's start with the first question. From your experience and from what you're seeing right now, how are you and other broker business owners with agents handling the situation? Um, who wants to start? Um, I guess I can start first, Mike. Yeah. Uh, given, I guess we are a broker uh, agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has it affected our business? Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, we are now at a work from home scenario. Uh, the majority of our team successfully was able to transfer to a work from home uh, scenario, but all of our tenant rep transactions, given that we have to do physical site viewings, are on hold. Uh, we expect this to be pretty disruptive for the next three to six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think the requirements have completely gone away, although some of our BPO clients uh, have definitely lost some business, while some of our other BPO clients have won some business give, given the disruptions. So that's how it's affected us as of now, uh, particularly for those residential um, agencies or agents. Yeah, now's not a good time to be showing houses. <laughs> can't do it so uh hunker down okay uh but during you know during this disruptive uh situation um are you guys thinking of like different avenues that you that you can use or like are you doing it the way for example um i believe gary hablero mentioned that he was like doing it through zoom or he has like uh other people planning virtual tours etc so one of the tools that we did buy is a 360 uh, camera but we still need to be led into a place to uh, take those videos. So we, we kind of got got there a little too late, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of people are doing research on properties. I, I do believe that certain segments of the residential sector will um, be affected. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe condo living isn't what it's all cracked up to be when you're <laughs> stuck in your house for, th- for three weeks and can't use the pool, gym. Or common areas so um, housing may be uh, given a slightly higher priority for some um, families so we'll see we'll see how this plays out over the next uh, couple of months all right um, thanks so uh, same question in for you tools so in terms of tools of course mm-hmm. we're using um, like Microsoft teams to have like daily meetings with uh, internally 
and of course, you know, we're, we're in touch with our clients, uh, both email, um, and through video chat, of course. But yeah, the, the one thing that I think we've decided to do internally, which mm -hmm. the other people aren't, we have a, an entire educational course for almost every single one of our team members right now. So instead of watching Netflix all day, they're <laughs> actually leveling up their skill sets. Right. I think that's one like universal thing that a lot of um, the broker panelists that we've had uh, advised like right now is the time for you to start uh, quote unquote sharpening the, the saw. Um, but now uh, I'll take it to, to Kenneth. Kenneth, what are you guys doing uh, today? How are you handling the situation? Yeah, obviously this situation has uh, definitely affected the way we do business. So it's something that we've had to adapt to uh, and find new ways to overcome some obstacles that we didn't even foresee coming in the past. Luckily, we've had work in home, uh, work from home systems and processes uh, established a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, so my team's completely mobile. So we're able to adapt uh, fairly quickly. But uh, with our business, uh, we help operate and manage uh, and run the brand for over 33 offices now uh, nationwide. And those are all brokerages. So they're the ones actually showing condos and apartments and um, properties for sale and for rent. So, you know, like Mike said, that that, uh, that side of the business has been affected. Uh, to combat that, um, we've adjusted. Uh, we, we, like you said, we're, we're sharpening our tools in a sense that um, we have created a, a digital community now. Um, so every day we have daily webinars, both for our agents uh, and for our uh, broker owners uh, who are managing the business. Uh, like yesterday, for example, we had had to be an effective leader during the lockdown. Um, the day before, we had um, retaining clients and marketing strategies during lockdown. Today, we have what top producers are doing during the lockdown. So um, we're trying to do the best we can to help each other out. Um, we know that nobody knows when this is going to end. Um, nobody has any idea what business is going to be like uh, in a month from now or two months or three months. Um, so the best thing to do is come together as a community, uh, ask each other for advice, um, get through it together. So the way we've been doing that is creating these mentorship groups where they can become a family in a sense that they have uh, someone to ask and someone to get advice from. Um, and that's been really helpful uh, in terms of, the systems that we've been using. Um, a lot of it's been uh, video chat, so we use Zoom uh, daily. Uh, we have our WhatsApp and Viber groups, which have been nonstop. Uh, it's important not just to give property information, but we've been giving um, uh, government information as well. Um, you know, there's been a lot of changes with uh, BIR regulations, um, filing of VAT, uh, taxation uh, changes that, you know, affect many of our business owners. So we have to get that information out to them as soon as possible. Uh, so those channels have been very helpful for, you know, to the minute, uh, data. Um, we also have our own, uh, centralized database. So all 33 offices input data into the same, um, database, which is all, uh, on the cloud server now. So, uh, we're updating properties daily. Um, it's one of those things that they have time now to actually focus on that. Uh, they've been spending most of their time, the brokerages, focusing on internal operations. Uh, we haven't really been advising them to shift on to a, you know, or, or to keep pushing properties. Um, mm -hmm. That's not the, you know, you have to be sensitive when you're marketing right now in this time. So uh, what we've been doing has been more informing the market what's been going on um, and then really sharpening 
our internal systems. So making sure our systems are as efficient as possible. We have a, we've saturated in terms of social media. Um, we're trying to be as, as present as possible, um, you know, in, in this situation as, as best we can. So we also, um, you know, have been using, it's it, the, the, the systems that Remax provides us. We have a lot of like Remax University, which is a online training, um, all provided to us from the global headquarters because it's not just a, a Philippine pandemic, it's a global pandemic. So every country around the world has been facing the same thing. And um, it's, uh, you know, we, we try and stay positive and we want to be optimistic, uh, but at the same time, we don't know. But, um, you know, we, we do have resources which have really helped. Like we, uh, we have a weekly webinar with all the different regions around the world. And last week, um, Italy ran the webinar. So I got to speak to the Italy country head. Um, and they're, you know, you know say, say we're at the eye of the, of the pandemic right now with the Philippines. They have already passed the eye and they're coming out the other end now, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully. So they're at a much more mature stage of this, of this disease. Um, and he was saying that, you know, a lot of the brokers have actually started closing deals now at this point. Um, and, you know, if you think about it, they've been on lockdown for almost eight weeks now, almost two mm -hmm. months. Um, so you have brokers last year who had their best year, you know, and they had, you know, he was saying that, you know, they had a, a two month break because they were sick. Well, think of it now, like, you know, you have a, you know, a, a one month break or two month break because, you know, we're on lockdown. But uh, after this is done, you can get back to normal and hit the ground running with your knowledge and skills and, and new network. And hopefully it's just like a, a, a long holiday for you in terms of your business. Right. All right. So I think also um, that was a lot. That, that actually yeah. answered my, my next question already, which is what are the best practices you've seen so far? So I think I'm going to pass that next question to, to Michael. Michael, um, have you seen okay. any um, uh, mm -hmm. best practices? Uh, so far with regards to brokers or, you know, with your team running the business? I mean, I, Kenny probably is the, the expert on that. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, we, we have so many different things going on at, at our, in our company. We do property management, we do facilities mm -hmm. management. Mm -hmm. So right now we have some really unique challenges and uh, we have really good property managers. And I think we're kind of setting the bar for how we communicate, how we, uh, make sure these properties are staying clean throughout this whole um, crisis and uh, working with vendors. I mean, it's been very tough to get certain vendors, chemicals, cleaning crews in to come and clean buildings when they're not allowed to enter exit PGC or some of the other cities that we service. So, um, you know, we've been really focused on being operational uh, and in terms of the brokers and you know, the best practices that we've really seen is just, communicating daily, uh, internally, um, talking to their customers about what they can do. Like, mm -hmm. how can we help you as a customer? Like a lot of the conversations have been like, Hey guys, like this is a really bad time for, for us, or we don't think we should be paying rent. Can we start having those conversations with the landlord? Can we start drafting a, a document to talk to the landlords? Um, obviously the retail sector has been given some reprieve, but we have yet to see if the office sector will get, um, the same kind of a uh, reprieve that retail clients did. So that's what we've been working on, kind of communicating daily with both uh, internally and with our clients. All right. Well, I guess uh, with that, I think we can move on to um, the next uh, the next question or the next set of questions, which is mostly focused for our property seekers and investors. We've actually had a lot of um, you know uh, interesting questions from them, and you know we. 
we basically have compiled them here. Um, so for now, though, um, let's go with the first question, which is, um, I mean, Michael, you mentioned that um, perhaps the office sector might not have the same reprieve as, you know, uh, retailers do. Um, yeah. It may be different for residentials as well. So in general, I, I guess, you know, what are, uh, have since, you know, maybe you've been speaking or your teams have been speaking with, with different types of, um, of clients uh, with different types of needs, you know, what are their usual concerns for, for each sector if you have, uh, if you're dealing with, with different sectors? So what are their usual concerns right now that need to be sort of addressed or that can be addressed um, by yeah, your so teams? We kind of serve two major segments. One is landlords, uh, particularly uh -huh. in the office based sector. Uh -huh. and landlords are saying, you know, when is this all going to end? When can I, you know, safely operate these buildings? And will my tenants live through this? Uh -huh. uh, I think that's the kind of conversations we're having. They're very nervous that uh, certain segments whether uh, BPO, KPO, traditional uh, offices, if they're being affected by this. So, and how, everyone knows that everyone's being affected, but it's gonna be like, but how bad are they gonna be affected? Mm -hmm. and will I be able to lease out the remaining floors of my building or is that just gonna sit empty for, for the next year? So those are the kind of conversations we're having with them right now. Obviously the more flexible a landlord is and more creative a landlord is and the more genuine and landlord partner that uh, landlords want to be to their tenants, I think that that will continue the relationship. I mean, a lot of our clients do five or, or 10 year leases. So uh, these are a this is a long-term relationship you can have with a landlord. Um, and one or two months of trouble uh, should totally be um, cleared up through, throughout a 120 month lease. For our tenants, they're really like, we're paying for an office that no one's allowed to be allowed to use everyone had to work from home I had to buy a bunch of laptops no one's helping me here I've had to put you know my admin receptionist uh, on three days a three days a week or lay them off so those are the kind of conversations we're hearing from our tenant um, and our rep clients there's not there's not a lot of answers like we've you know we've called our lawyers we've looked at uh, a lot of different lease contracts we've we've, we've looked at the most common mega world uh, mega world is the largest office developer in the nation so we looked at uh, common mega world lease contracts and uh, common ayala office tower lease contracts to see if they specific specifically state say pandemics which most uh, don't it's more um, acts of war and, and other force majeure so there's not a lot of a uh, precedent, um, particularly in the Philippines, like, oh, remember like five years ago when we had that pandemic, you gave me one, one month rent free. Like <laughs> we just don't have a lot of precedent, unfortunately. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, what about uh, you, Kenneth? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's similar to Mike um, in the sense that there's a lot of questions. Um, with our business, um, we do a mix of commercial, residential, uh, capital markets, um, property management. But um, I suppose our, our you know our, our biggest sector is residential. Um, mm -hmm. So most of the deals that we've been working on have been uh, those residential deals. And the big question is, you know, you know, is this um, is this going to change the the market? Is it going to you know are we going to see uh, the bubble happen now? Um, you know, is, is um, 
you know, are people asking for, um, for lower prices and properties now? Are people not selling it? You know, these are some of the questions that our, our clients are asking us um, to give them advice on. And um, from what we've seen, um, you know, with, you know, with the global financial crisis in the past, um, it's a much different scenario. Um, real estate in the Philippines actually wasn't that affected. Um, you know, you had the Asian financial crisis. Um, but from that, you know, it pretty much went to a straight up trajectory over the next 10 years. Um, but this is obviously a much different scenario. So, and real estate prices have been going up for the last 10 years in a row. So um, perhaps this is the catalyst that corrects the market. Um, you know, what we have seen though, is um, most people in the high-end market, in the luxury market, uh, will probably not have to liquidate anytime soon. Uh, most of those people have the holding power um, to keep the price at the price they want. Um, so we don't see much movement in that sector. Um, where you will see more movement is probably the, the lower uh, end sector or maybe mid to lower sector, mm -hmm. um, where cash is king in a pandemic. Um, people need cash to stock up on goods. They don't know how long this is gonna last for. Uh, maybe they're taking breaks in their salary or their small business owners who've had to you know, pull into their personal funds to keep things going. Uh, can I? Um, need cash, yeah. you might see them selling at a lower price where you can find some deals. Am I, am I, uh, Sorry, yeah, you disappeared for a bit. Can you, um, can you start again where you were yeah. discussing um, uh, business owners yeah. and their actions? Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, the, the high-end market, you probably won't see much change because of the, the holding power from most mm -hmm. people in that, in that sector. But uh, in the lower end market or the mid to low range market, uh, mm -hmm. where most of these property owners are either uh, uh, small business owners where they have to, uh, you know, either make payroll or keep their operations of the business going where they need cash. Cash is mm -hmm. king in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, you might see some dips in prices in that market because people will. Did he disappear again? Yeah, he, he, he cut off again. Anyway, Kenny, next time you can uh, use any one of the Keynesy Solutions offices with uh, Gigabit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, am I still there? No. Uh, yeah, you are, you're still there. Um, just your last sentence. The last sentence. And uh, we, yeah. we should be good, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I was, I was basically just saying that in the, in the low-end market, you'll see more of a volatility. I think people will sell off faster because they need cash. Um, okay. So that's where you'll see more of the changes happening. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where people have had deals that were in the pipeline that were meant to close uh, you know, before this happened, and those have been pushed back. Um, property owners want to hold on to properties to see what happens. Uh, buyers have been skeptical to put that much money into the market at this point in time. Um, so deals that were meant to close um, have been on hold for a while. Um, people are being a bit more flexible with their deals. You know, we've had deals that were down payments um, and, you know, the, the buyers asked to change a price at this point because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, our, our goal is to close the deal. Um, but at the same time, you have to be aware of what might happen in the future. Um, so, you know, you are going to see things like that uh, happen for, for at least, you know, the rest of lockdown and, and if not further. Um, so there is a lot of questions out there in the market on what's going to happen. And we've, we start to see those uh, actual questions become um, reality. All right. Well, um, speaking of... Uh... Of, of these questions, um, there's another question on any real estate opportunities in the time of COVID. And uh, 
well, of course, you two serve different sectors. So um, who would like to start in uh, if you've spotted any opportunities? Quick. I don't have a yeah. whole lot to say. Okay. But, um, yeah, basically, you know, yes, we do believe there will be opportunities uh, in, in the real estate sector. I think Kenny's right that, you know, maybe we have reached a bit of a peak after these uh, last uh, 10 years is going straight up. So, mm -hmm. you know, some of that uncertainty also causes uh, sellers to be a lot more um, willing to sell for the first time in a long time. It's been a seller's market for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, they smart to hold on uh, and, and ride that ride that wave. But um, for example, we transacted a, uh, a very large piece of land um, in the Metro Manila and it's transacted, deed of absolute sale has been signed, but we now can't get the taxes paid to get the titles transferred. So a lot of that's kind of stuck right now, given the fact that uh, a lot of these uh, government offices aren't open. So yes, I do believe there'll be opportunities um, across the sector, pro probably a lot of opportunities in hospitality. Uh, mm -hmm. Hotels have taken a massive hit globally, um, not just in the Philippines. So yes, definitely plenty of opportunities to, to be had. Uh, generally speaking, I do believe residential prices will, will hold up quite well. And everyone needs a place to live. And there's obviously, you know, five or six million uh, housing backlog. Um, office space, there'll definitely be some churn. So some clients will grow, some clients will shrink. So we'll see what happens. All right, uh, for you, Kenneth. Yeah, um, yeah, Mike uh, hit the nail on the head there. There's going to be, uh, you know, opportunities, but um, you know, from uh, from our perspective, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure most people are seeing this. Uh, we don't know the end, uh, so you know, opportunities may come um, in a month from now, uh, mm -hmm. in two months from now. It's I think you, you, we're still in the we're still in the, the beginning stages of everything. You know, we're less than two weeks into lockdown now. Uh, there's been countries that have, like I said before, you know, on two months already. Um, so there's still, there's still time. I think the main thing right, right now is, you know, probably to focus on, you know, just staying safe and being healthy, um, holding on to uh, whatever cash you have and, 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 you know, just making sure you're okay. But then, you know, the opportunities will come. Um, I, th I think it's just a matter of waiting this out for a bit longer, though, um, before you see the real opportunities really coming out, though. Um, you know, it's it's been, like Mike said, all business is basically held. Um, everything in the government, you can't, you know, it's, it's very hard to close a deal now anyway. Um, so I think the main thing that, that most of our brokers are doing is making sure that our, our clients are informed. Um, they know what's happening, you know, with their, with their properties, with the market. Um, you know, what's going on out there. But the reality is uh, everything's kind of at a standstill right now until we know more information. So um, let's see how this next month goes. Uh, lockdown uh, in terms of travel is lifted on April 13th. We're hoping that, you know, soon after that, we're back to business. But mm -hmm. at the same time, um, you know, I think we just got to be aware that this might, you know, business might be affected uh, long term um, and, there, and there'll be opportunities for a long time uh, to, uh, to see what, what sectors will, will be the best to, to invest in. All right, so uh, well, there you have it. I think it's time to move on to answering questions from our first and second online discussions. And uh, there's a lot to go through because we've had 
um, we've got a we've got a good amount of um, of people watching and sending their questions. So, uh, by the way, if you are watching right now and you too you have any questions um, to the audience, uh, please feel free to ask so that our panelists can can get back to you. And of course, we will be asking again these same questions in the next episode for this webinar series. But let's move to the first question, and this was asked during um, the first episode of the series. Do you think that pre-selling prices will drop with the COVID-19 crisis? Did that happen in 2008 and 2009? Who wants to start? Uh, I'll, I'll, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, go Kenny. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's an interesting question. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it just kind of Piggybacks on what I said before, um, you know, the developers have a lot of holding power right now. Um, you know, let's see how big this thing actually gets. How? Oh. Yeah, we lost them. We lost them for a bit. From my experience, it happens at this time too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually relieved I still have internet. Okay. Well, well uh, Mike, I, do you want to step in? Uh, yeah. You can cut cut Kenny up there. Um, I'll try to. <laughs> I'll try to finish his sentence. Okay. Kenny uh, and I know each other a little bit. So uh, he, he was saying that it may be a little too early to tell. I think mm. he is right about that. Um, although I do think the wiser developers will say, you know what, like 2020 is not our year. It's not maybe the world's year. Let's get this inventory moving, uh, particularly those slightly underfunded developers like the kind of the second tier developers I really think they'll be a lot more anxious about uh, moving that inventory so whether pre-selling prices will drop or the terms will be better or they'll offer maybe like a fully fitted or fully finished unit or something to that effect to, to try to keep their prices from dropping yes I, I, I do believe that um, a certain amount of developers will offer additional incentives for, for buyers, particularly in the pre-selling. So, and yeah, we saw in 2008, 2009, I was here, I got here in 2007. Um, we definitely, we didn't see uh, that much prices drop because um, 2008, 2009, it only lasted about uh, six to nine months in the Philippines. We, were, we, we quickly moved, moved on. Um, but what we saw was that four years later, no new developments happened for like uh, after like four years from 2008. So 2012, there was a massive squeeze, and the demand was you know had had caught up, and the the supply had not caught up. So then all the developers rushed into building more and more. Um, so yeah, there was it caused a bit of a lag. All right. Um, uh, does uh, kind of does that sort of uh, round up <laughs> what you were trying to say before you disappeared for a bit there? Yeah, um, yeah, I, th I think uh, Mike uh, is right. So it's um, it's a little bit too early to tell at the moment, but uh, I think the the bigger developers with the holding power. Um, and yeah, we lost him again. Yeah, yeah, we lost him. Uh, it's okay. I think we can move to the uh, second question. Maybe which... he goes off video, Susan. Okay. Well, we can try that but it's also telling me that my internet is slightly unstable. So it's that time of the day. It's okay. Um, we'll move first to you, Mike. All right. Okay. 
All right. So um, for uh, for someone who has experienced the dips in you know in real estate history, although this question was posed for Andy Manyalak, um, maybe you've experienced this as well. How long did the dips last for, and how long did it take for real estate to get back up? You mentioned that it took six months for us to get back and get going, but have have you seen anything? Yeah, else? like you know, we have we have indexes, particularly on the rental indexes. Mm -hmm. uh, of office space indexes and uh, the dip was, you know, went down very, very quickly. And within nine months uh, you saw the um, acceleration of, of rents. So I think that'll be very similar. I think it, this one, I believe is going to be even shorter mm -hmm. and probably like a literally like a blip of a quarter or maybe two quarters. And that is it. And like everything will be business as usual. Um, Unfortunately, the hourly workers, particularly in the hospitality, food and beverage uh, industry, maybe some manufacturing will, ha will have been hit very, very hard, unfortunately for them. But they're not typically the buyers who use credit or can get credit or would be leveraged uh, to buy a property. So while they may not have uh, daily sources of income, I also don't think they'll be foreclosing on their mortgages either so it's a it's a little different uh, scenario this time around all right um for for you kenneth what are you seeing uh is that is the question about the dip in the market yeah yeah um how long did the dips last and uh how long do you think it'll take for real estate to get back up uh yeah i mean typically um you know real estate mirrors the stock market in the sense that what happens in the stock market happens first and the real estate will kind of you know, uh, you know correlate with that slightly um with, with this you know mike's right that um it's you know everything happens so quickly here um that you know the bounce back might be uh quick as well um in terms of back to business as usual um i you know i think that of the industries uh you know that are that are helping our economy real estate probably is going to be one of the more stable ones um i think the property sector could probably uh hold out in terms of you know uh price changes and corrections a bit longer than other markets um mm -hmm. so i think that we have some stability there um but you know like we we're talking about before there there'll be opportunities uh there'll be other i think you know maybe foreign investment might come in now faster than ever um because of the opportunities um you know let's see what happens with the market over the next month or so, but um, I am, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm, you know, from the way it looks, you know, hoping for a faster bounce back. Uh, if you look at the, the global financial crisis, um, it took about 12 months for the stock market to recover, um, which is quite long. Um, you know, I, I think, and that, you know, and that was dipping for more than a year. So, um, you know, I think with this, you know, it's only been about a quarter that the stock market has been really dropping. Um, so, if we're able to get through this um, after lockdown and, and the market corrects itself, you know, we might be looking at maybe one or two quarters before that, you know, we're back to uh, the, the regular prices that we're, we're, we're used to. Okay. And just for clarification, are you talking mm -hmm. about the Philippine stock market here or? Um, yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, the, the global stock market um, has been obviously hit massively. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I was talking about the global stock market. Uh, when I was talking okay. about the, the 12 month, period before it recovered. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So 
from that, I guess we can now move on to the next uh, five questions, which came from the second episode of our series. Uh, this one is also mostly focused on, on, on your business, but I think we've already answered this. Um, th- that one question is, what is one thing your company has put in place before the quarantine that greatly helped your team ease into the new work arrangement? Um, Kenneth, maybe you can choose like one vital thing that your, your team has done um, yeah. just hi- to hi- just highlight it for this question. Um, uh, we've been working on shifting our focus to a more digital um, company over the last, I'd say, six to 12 months. Uh, so timing-wise, uh, it actually worked that our, our, our upgraded website uh, launched about a week ago, um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, right before the lockdown happened. So uh, it's been crucial with us to get information out to a broker. So the centralized database we created has been helpful. Um, I think information right now uh, is probably one of the most important things you can have. So um, getting that information out to all our offices and all the, all the agents in a, in a single central database um, has been helpful. And now that people actually have the time to populate it with uh, data points, it's been, it's been really helpful for our company to you know, inform our clients and, and keep up to date on all the listings. All right, Michael, anything you would like to highlight from your team? Yeah, so we, last October, yeah, last October, we got our ISO 9001 certification. And ISO looks at a lot of the risks and processes and, uh, you know, risks around that process. So that really helped us as an organization out a lot. I mean, you know, roughly uh, 200 plus employees uh, across four different islands right now. So that was, uh, that, that, that really helped. Um, we also bought a lot of laptops. <laughs> we just happened to replace a lot of people's desktops with laptops so that made it a lot easier Recording to get people in a work yeah. arrangement uh and some of our accounting software uh is now accessible by through over the web so that's been um pretty helpful right um so this next question to give you context um i believe it was michael maputo from pinnacle who said uh that their team con- uh, continuously um keeps in touch with each other and talks with each other for any different changes that they have to adjust to. So I believe this is where this question comes from. Um, what is one thing your, your team continuously evaluates and adjusts to uh, during this time? Um, who wants to jump in? Um, I guess I'll, I'll start with that. Um, so yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of different things that are happening uh, with our business at the moment. Um, but one thing that uh, um, has been, a, uh, you know, one of the, the crucial things that we've had to focus on more now than ever is uh, the financials. Um, so we're monitoring daily um, the budget. Uh, we don't know how long this is going to last for. So we have been um, reworking the budget, uh, the P&L, um, the cash flow, um, you know, every day at this point. Um, so that's something that we've been communicating with our team, our, our basically our financial team, um, to make sure that, you know, however long it's last where we have got cash to, to keep going. Um, at the same time, the other crucial thing with, you know, it's, it's communication. I think that so many different things are happening that we have to keep the retention of our clients. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing that we've been kind of thinking out of the box at this point. Um, so we're, you know, with the marketing team and the, the biz development guys, um, the main thing has been the shift from sales, you know, where we realize that, you know, we're not in a selling market right now. Um, we're going to shift to retention. 
making sure mm -hmm. our clients are are happy and you're less so um you know daily we're coming up with new ideas and how we can keep our clients engaged um and give them as much uh content and information as possible okay so um with that there was another question here oh sorry mike i've uh I forgot. Just real quickly, um, I call it the five C's, uh, communicate daily, um, customer and community support, uh, cash, obviously, which, um, which uh, Kenny touched on is, is incredibly important right now. Um, one of the things we're doing is cleaning up and catching up, getting through all old emails, get, making sure our listing data is accurate. Uh, and we're, we're trying to be very calm throughout this whole process. Um, I guess uh, I'm, I'm mature enough to not be too panicked. I started our business uh, in March 2009, so in the middle of a global financial crisis. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a great time to hire people because you're not having to uh, bid against the market for them. So, you know, we, we've been very active in having interviews li literally every day trying to uh, um, see who we'll hire when we kind of come out of this. Wow. Okay. Uh, so can you can you just reiterate your five C's that you just mentioned? Just give me a yeah. Give it's not. I, I didn't. <laughs> um, I, I read some books and got these. Commu C for communicate daily. Uh huh. C for customer support. Mm hmm. D for clean up and catch up. Mm hmm. D for cash mm -hmm. or cash 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 even mm -hmm. three C's there. <laughs> um and and the fifth one being calm and considerate. All right. That's going to Take be super a deep breath. We will get through this. Um, it's been like a bad nightmare. I can't wait to wake up in, in, in a week or two. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully it ends exactly in a week or two. Um, right. Right. Okay, so I'm going to skip this last question since I think we've already answered this one, which is, um, do you think there's been a change in buyer's interest due to the present situation with, uh, with COVID? If yes, uh, what are they? Um, do let me know though if there's anything that you'd like to add to that uh, question. If none, we can move to the next, which is: um, Could you recommend some useful resource materials to uh, to sharpen the saw of brokers at this time? Any self improvement videos, seminars, podcasts, courses? I know you two have your own, um, you know, digital webinars happening and courses for for your teams. Um, but are there any publicly available open? Um, uh, places that you can I recommend. personally am on Coursera mm -hmm. and for $50 you can pay for the certificate um, or I believe they do have some free courses as well if, but you don't get the uh, completion certificate so um, I'm using Coursera for myself personally um, one of my uh, my business partners using Masterclass. class uh, he signed up you get one year it's a can't remember how much that was maybe 12 bucks a month times 12 something to that effect and there's some other ones um uh skill skillshare, skill, skill, which one skillshare skillshare that one i yeah, hear a lot can, about <laughs> yeah we've got almost all of our team doing um different skillshare courses right now all right and, uh, oh okay uh and kenneth what about you and the Remax team? Do you have anything yeah, like, um, specific? Well, yeah, Coursera is a great one. Um, there's another one called EDX Online, uh, mm. which has online courses, which are great. Um, yeah, to be honest, um, we, we've been using mostly internal um, because we have our own uh, university uh, and we, we've had daily webinars. So 
um, that's been really helpful for us. Um, and, and obviously, um, you have, uh, you know, the, um, the corporate real estate reports that come out. So I, I know Coalier's has been giving a lot of information right now. I'm sure KFC is also giving a lot as well. So those are really important to keep up to date with, um, uh, see what the other brokerages are going through and what they're predicting. Um, so you can make your own assessment. Um, and I, I think the, the, the most valuable, um, is, just speak to other brokers, um, find some mentors in the industry, uh, network with people that you know, um, because we're the ones on the ground. Um, so uh, that's been, I think, our our greatest success through all this is that, um, you know, the communication channels we've been talking about this whole time, um, that ends up being your resource um, because who better to know the market than someone actually working in it still. Um, so, you know, but in terms of a uh, online material there's there's so much out there that's you know great to be reading every night and you know especially with the downtime we have now it's it's much more valuable than you know uh tv and <laughs> i think uh we're all trying to not watch the news as much as possible and, and stay off social media because it's just um an endless pit of information that's going <laughs> to scare you panic you so um you know i think just talk to other people who are in it and you know realize that um you know we're going to get through this you know hopefully soon but you know better as a better as people better as you know managers um you know stronger as an industry uh, many different things and it's the same thing we talk about every day with our team is that you know it's um it's tough but you know every generation goes through something tough and this is just you know one of the ones that we're gonna go through all right and for the last but also an interesting question is there really a time uh, that real estate brokers and salespersons will not be needed by developers and will just have partnerships with apps like us, uh, Lamudi, where buyers can just put in their cart their orders of houses? I think they're picturing Lamudi now as an e-commerce site that works like Lazada. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, not sure about the context of it. But yeah, if, uh, if you can add any to that question, um, who can go first? Maybe... Mike? Okay. So in my Coursera class, this just came <laughs> up. Can robots and automation do our job? Um, first of all, yeah, I think, I think brokers will be around forever. I've been, I've been heard brokers are like cockroaches. They can survive <laughs> absolutely anything. Um, and I say that in the best of ways. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I took the, I took the um, test. Can robots or automation do our job? Um, I plugged in a real estate agent or real estate broker and it, we only have a 9% chance of actually robots and automation doing our job. So I think that, you know, this is one of people's largest investment decisions ever. Um, it's not a cookie cutter product. Every single unit may have a different view, may have a different look and feel so that it's not, um, it's not a, like I said, it's not a cookie cutter. It's not a product that is uh, absolutely replicable. Um, so there's a lot of uniqueness in, in every single transaction and uh, the agents uh, have to do a lot of value add work there. So I, I don't think, I don't think we'll be completely displaced, but will we be using more digital tools? Uh, absolutely. All right. Uh, and Kenneth? Yeah, um, yeah, I think uh, Mike's right with that. Um, you know, I think there's three major industries that will be taken over by the internet um, and, and e-commerce. Um, one is the marriage industry because um, people need to get married in person. It's, I don't think I've seen an online wedding yet. Um, the baby industry. Um, I just had a baby, and I I don't know how you would have a baby without uh, 
even with another person. Um, you know, you need to be two people together. <laughs> and then the last one is um, the real estate industry because, you know, this is your home. Um, this is where your place of work. And, you know, even if, I've, even if we sold sight unseen, they've still sent a representative to see it before they actually purchase it um, if the investor's not there. So I think it's just too big of a purchase, like Mike said. Um, it's too personal. Um, you have to, it's a tangible object also. You know, you have to see it in person and it's not something you can return the next day. Um, so it's one of those things that, um, you know, for that big of an investment, for something that, that, that big, of, you know, in, in your life, that personal, um, you're going to have at least one person in the party come look, walk through it uh, before any purchase is made. Um, and I think, and I think that the, the importance of a broker um, is there because it's a neutral opinion. Um, they just want you to get the best property you can. Um, so, and, it, and it's usually a free service in the Philippines anyway uh, for the buyer. Um, so why not just get the free service um, and give someone, get someone's opinion on, you know, they, that's, you know, you know, a million places already and tell you you're getting a good deal on it. Um, they, they, they do like that advice. Um, it, you know, I, I know that when I invest in something before I do it. Um, so, so there, yeah. All right. I hope that uh, comforts the person who asked that question. They're likely a broker who, um, who's a little worried, especially since everyone is moving to digital tools. Um, but hopefully that comforts that, uh, the person who asked that question. And uh, with that, we end this episode of Surviving Broker Business in the Time of COVID. Thank you so much, Kenneth and Michael, uh, for your time and insights today. Um, it's great to see that you two are doing well in this um, current environment and that you're, you know, you're, your, your teams are doing their best to get out of this as better, um, better, uh, you know, better brokers and better representatives of your companies. Uh, I'm sure our audience have learned a lot from you too. And of course, I'd also like to thank those who are watching live. Thank you for watching another episode of this roundtable series. And of course, again, again, if you have any questions, feel free to ask them. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible. And we will also ask these same questions for our next episode of this series. So stay tuned for that one. And with that, I hope that everyone is safe, be well, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. For more updates on future episodes of the Lamudi webinar series, follow our Facebook page at Lamudi Philippines.